Welcome to the Inspiration Incubator. Here we rejuvenate, reconnect, reteach, and redirect. I am your host, Leona Baker. It is our hope that you leave inspired with resources and information to help you achieve and dream. Our world needs you. Let's see who is next on the Inspiration Incubator. Beverly's Home Healthcare. Love is all that matters. Do you have a grandparent at home, a senior citizen, or perhaps just a loved one who needs additional assistance? Some may need non-medical services, such as personal care attendance, certified nursing assistance, respite care, home health aides, homemakers, companions, or housekeeping. Others may need a long run of personal care services. Well, contact Beverly's Home Healthcare and get your loved one needs met today. You may contact them at 215-596-5200. That's 215-596-5200 today. Sonia Pelton-Sam, helping visionaries launch their vision in life and in business. Everyone should have a fair shot at their dreams. She did, helping people manifest with good success. Get up, love yourself, affirm, believe. Make your vision come to pass is what Sonia likes to say. She's a certified life and business coach, extremely passionate about helping women maximize their full potential in life and business. She studied and researched the best teaching tools and utilized them with her own life lessons to create coaching programs for individuals just like her. Sonia's coaching concept is new and state of the art. She teaches women to balance their life, map out a solid plan, and live a happier life full of purpose. Her custom vision board system was created to help people, families, individuals on teams, and those who would just like to live. She is the founder of Glam Factor, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps women and girls learn life coping strategies and goal-setting skills that shift lives in an upward direction. Sonia Pelton-Sam holds a counseling degree in mental health with speciality in addiction and substance abuse. She holds a certificate in arts as a therapeutic practice. Sonia helps in prisons and jails to help reduce recidivism and to stop repeated offenses. Sonia also is a certified teacher in the state of Texas. She's the author of Destiny Board, Glamtastic Affirmations, Glamtastic Destiny Board, Vision Board, Extreme Vision Board Platinum, and A School Without Art. Owner of Vision Board Boutique, she offers goal-setting tools, strategic planning, creating a positive mindset, manifesting good success. Certified teacher, AKA Mrs. Sam Art Rocks. She's currently working for Houston ISD. She loves empowering individuals, young and old, with the knowledge and life skills. As an educator, 
she likes to bring out the as an educator she likes to bring out the creativity and ignite learning her job makes people smile plus she loves what she does well good morning sonia how are you today I am doing very good. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you, Leona, for having me today. You are very welcome. You are a, an extremely special guest today because I wanted to ensure that we had an opportunity to interview a phenomenal woman in the community who is a small business owner, an educator, a mother, a wife. Every woman is all in you. Women who are warriors have been fighting a mighty battle, and your backup story is a part of theirs. This woman has overcome so many obstacles that many of us face every day. So I'm going to sit back and listen to her as she shares with you. And when I tell you it is exciting, it is inspiring. It is an exhilarating. If you're a man, if you're a woman, it doesn't matter. She has something for everyone in the family today. Faith, health, which is your wealth. We will also be touching on relationship. So Sonia, let's go back. Let's go back to your childhood and your upbringing and then transition into your relationships, which abruptly ended so that you could get on the correct path to finding love. I think I had a pretty good average childhood. I came from um, an average family. My mom was a nurse. My dad, he was an engineer. So, you know, it was a pretty decent life. Uh, it was regular. And I think sometimes when you come from something that's kind of what we consider regular and basic, you look for excitement, right? So I think I was in a state where I wanted excitement in my life and excitement led me to uh, really being in the wrong relationships, right? I wanted, you know how we look at our parents and be like, um, uh, they okay, but I want something more exciting, <laughs> more impactful. And what I got was the wrong impact in my life. So Sonia, mm -hmm. at the age of around in your early 20s, you met a gentleman and you became married. Yes. Can you walk us through that process of identifying why you wanted to get married to your first husband and what the impact was on you as a young lady when you realized you were just seeking excitement? You know, everything that you can look for, he was fine. He was I like yellow meat at that time. So, <laughs> well, you know, it was pretty fun, but um, he was just a cheater. He was a good person overall, really good dude overall, but still today, he's just a, a wife after me. She was like, he'll always love you. And I'm like, uh? and then she was like, he, and he cheated on her. You know, we just realized and we were really good friends, believe it or not. Because when I don't want you, I just don't want you anymore. It's no bad, no hard feelings. And right. so she really helped with my son and things like that. We got along good, but they're not together because he just was a cheater. And so I just realized some people are just like that. So I'm happy that I made the decision that I made, which was to go ahead and leave and get a divorce. When we look at the young women today, as they're growing, as they're developing, 
our morals and our values, Mm -hmm. it all impacts our decisions. And I can recall being young and in a relationship and pouring myself too much in that relationship because I was in high school. I graduated from high school, but I had my first son in December of 1992. And at the time I was 19. Um, And I was in love with my childhood sweetheart. He was my best friend in ninth grade, my best friend in 10th grade, started hanging out and dating in 11th grade breaking up on and off, you know, by the time we were in 12th grade, we were supposed to get married. Um, but unfortunately I realized that wasn't the path that he really wanted to take, even though that was what he expressed to me. So how, what would you say to some of the young ladies who are listening in on your journey today? Can you identify some of the red flags and can you identify some of the goals, morals, or principles that they need to keep along the way to protect themselves? I can say they're having fun, but I can say also lust. Lust is different than love, but when you're young, that's really what you go off of is your feeling. It's all about the feeling you get, the ooh-wee that you get when you see this person. And so we start realizing, I think, as we get older, that some of what we think is I'm in love with this person is really I lust over this person because love is something different. Love can stand the test of time. It can stand a whole lot of obstacles, right? Mm. Uh, And love doesn't try to hurt you, right? Uh, I cannot say that it, it was a lot of signs. This one right here, it was scary because he didn't show the classic signs. Like that was even more scarier than somebody who did. Gotcha. He, you get home, he'd have your your bath water with bubble bath man. What's scary is when they don't show the classic signs. So you ask about like, what are the classic signs of a cheater? Right. This one didn't yeah. have the classic signs of a cheater. So you might have your bubble bath ran, you might have flowers, you might have dinner. He might go get dinner, cook dinner, like treat you really good. So the classic signs were not there. Right. So that's scary to somebody who, you know, when they cheating, it's like it's good when they're not cheating, when they cheating is bad. And so I didn't have the classic signs of a cheater with this one. And I think that's worse than having the classic signs. Wow. I, I can relate to that. Um, unfortunately, both of my uh, relationships, because I've, I've had two. Um, I've dated other guys. Let me be clear. I've, I've dated other guys, but I've only had two serious relationships and um I, I didn't do a lot of dating pretty much at all. I mean, I could literally write a book about <laughs> the interactions that I've had um, because it, it was just so far few and in between. But, um, okay, so we do know that from what you're saying, when there's cheating in a relationship, in a marriage, when there's infidelity, uh, your mate does not always display signs right away. And thank you for bringing that to our attention because I feel some people are so judgmental sometimes and they'll say, Oh, well, you know, there are red flags. Um, Not initially always, because I know when I was in my relationships, I wasn't looking for red flags and I didn't necessarily see red flags initially, you know, because when you're building a friendship or depending on how you um, meet someone, why would you be looking for anything to be wrong? If you respect the person and they respect you. You love, you know, you 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 start to grow and love a person, and they start to grow you uh, to to grow and love you. So, 
So as he did not demonstrate any signs initially, when did you first realize your first husband was in fact being unfaithful? What was the the sign that said, you know what, something's going on here? When a woman called me and let me know that she was sleeping with him at my house on the floor and not in my bed. Lord have mercy. Um, so with that being said, though, um, it is very hurtful when, unfortunately, we are cheated on. I don't know what it's like to be in a marriage and have that happen, but I do know what's that, what it is like to have a child with a man and find out that he is with or has been seeing someone else. I, I do know that. And it's very devastating. It is very, very devastating. So how did you move past that, Sonia? How did you move past the infidelity once you found out and it was brought to your attention by the uh, the mistress? Uh, I'm a person that I work out for principles. You know, I have certain principles that I go by. And so I looked in all of the facts. I asked all of the important questions. Uh, and from the questions that I asked, it let me know that that's not a relationship that I wanted to be in, right? Because there's some things that are rule breakers. So hmm. I have certain things that are rule breakers, not just the cheating, but there's certain other aspects that went on that were just rule breakers to me, right? right. You put me at total risk You, if you don't use a condom. if you, you know, it's just certain things that you put me at risk, so you just don't care about me. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's one thing to be cheating, but it's another thing when you put me at risk. And that's back at the time when, like, you know, the AIDS epidemic was uh, was out there and stuff like that. So it was like, you you get it? It's you know, it was almost like a death sentence, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's still an epidemic, and our um, is disproportionately um, impacting us as African Americans and Hispanics.
So you decided to move on from that relationship and then you got over that battle. So ladies and gentlemen, when you find yourself in a situation in your marriage and you know your mate is unfaithful, you can heal. And what 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 role did your faith play in that at all? My faith always plays a role in everything, I believe. Um, I was raised in a faith-based family, right? And so it's all about faith. It's all about overcoming. It's all about staying positive through everything. So I've been able to overcome a lot of challenges in my life just because of having strong faith, I believe. That's great. So as it relates to your next, so you, you divorce your first husband, and then oh, you moved oh, yeah, on let's get to that. Oh, I divorced my first husband. I did go through a series of relationships, you know, some good, some bad. I had one that I was really totally just head over heels for, just totally, but he had too many highs and too many lows. So I'm thinking he was probably bipolar. Uh, and so I just knew I couldn't go through those highs and lows. It just I couldn't do it. And so then I ended up meeting my daughter's uh, dad. And we ended up getting married. It was pretty quick. You know, it was pretty quick. Uh, I had friends to tell me, I don't think this is the one for you. I think you should wait. I had, I, like, it was drama. So I'm just going to leave it there. It's too much for this podcast. All the drama that happened <laughs> up until that time. So I, I had friends to tell me, no, I wouldn't do it. I had actually a lady come to my house. And I knew right off the bat that she didn't seem like the kind of person to come and be tripping like that. And first thing hit to my mind, she was pregnant, but I did not follow my intuition. She didn't say she was, but I didn't follow my intuition. And if I had her, I would have left that alone then, but I just kept on keeping on. Uh, let's get to the day before the wedding is when she called to let me know she was pregnant. Oh, wow. Wow. And and I was like, too much money. I think too much money was spent. I think it was just like everything was set, and I think I just went ahead with it. Um, and I don't know. It just was a series of tumbling downhill, hmm. I think, from there. And I, the breaking point in that relationship was I had just had my daughter, and I had the preacher's wife at the church I was going to came to my house. I had a telephone bill that was really high. You know, that was back in the day when uh, your telephone bill, if you was on it too much, or you was on, you get a two or $3,000 bill like nothing, yes. right? Yes. So his bill was connected to my bill. And and back then I had the uh, largest black-owned salon in Fort Worth, Texas. So my, my telephone, I couldn't just cut it off and get a new number because it was connected to my business. So it had to be paid. And so I'm like, what went on with my bill? Like, what is going on? She looked... She came to visit and see the baby. She looked at my bill and she told me, this is Deacon so-and-so wife number. And I was like, hmm, you know, because I'm still thinking Deacon. And she's like, uh, no, this Deacon so-and-so wife number. Like that, you know, so technically everybody at the church knew but me. And she took goes on to tell me about how her husband was cheating. So cheating is okay to her, right? And I'm like, what, you know? And so I started looking at the times when I be asleep, he'd be on the phone with her. Mm. all throughout the night. So uh, I gave her a call, let her know if this phone bill wasn't paid or whatever they wanted to do. He could pay half, she could pay half, however they wanted to work it out. I was going to be giving her husband a call. And um, she came up to the shop. She broke my windows out. I had a piece of her building, so she broke out. You know, pizza of her building windows are not cheap. They are big. And I knew it was her because she had cussed me out all night <laughs> the night before. I tell him, 
he takes up to my no that she wouldn't do nothing like that i'm like you know what you can have her but unless you can pay for this phone bill and if you uh you can pay for these these windows if i have to pay for them i'm gonna take the wedding ring i'm gonna put it in the pawn shop and if you don't get it out i'll know and so that's the time i gave him and he didn't get it out and i was gone Mm. Yeah. Wow. Divorce by pawn shop, honey. You are not playing. No. Um, okay. So the, I work out the principles. I see. Okay. So we see with the first marriage, the lesson we, we, we came to understand was not everything is what it appears to be because we know there weren't initially any red flags with right. the first marriage. With the second marriage, the lesson we learned is to follow your instinct. So for everyone listening, when God whispers in your ear, one of the things that Sonia learned was to follow his voice. Mm -hmm. You know, some of us call it instinct. Some of us call it God's voice. For me, I call it God's voice because I, I have come to understand that that's exactly what it is in my life. Um, you know, I had a family member, Sonia, who was a senior citizen that I had a pleasure of taking care of, who um, had a, an extremely difficult time as a senior citizen because of the mate she chose to marry. And, and this is why I'm so grateful, so grateful that I grew up with elders. Because I grew up with elders and because of the morals and values that I have, it doesn't mean that I'm a perfect person or I've, or I've had an easy life at all. It's not what that means, but it does mean that I have a strong foundation in God. And it also helped me to see a lot of different scenarios as it relates to relationships, as it relates to marriages, as it relates to um, divorce. And because of that, I have been able to have a, a disciplined life to a degree. And I say that because depending on who you are and how you look at my situation, you may say, okay, well, she had three children out of wedlock. Yes, I did. And um, I chose life instead of death. I didn't want to get an abortion. You know, I, I can't, I grew up in a time where every other person I knew they were having abortions, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but for me, uh, my goal was to get married. But when I realized my relationship was not going to work, I did not. When we look at relationships, we have to understand, make sure that you're equally yoked and make sure that you are on the same page as it relates to your expectations within that marriage, because it can create a very difficult time for you as an individual if you don't have the same morals, the same values, the same principles. Um, marriage is not about you as an individual, when you wake up every day, it should be about, okay, what can I do for my spouse today? What can I do for my family today? If each person woke up in that manner, then all needs are being met um, within the marriage. The, and again, I know everybody looks at marriage differently. I'm just going by my example of marriage as it relates to the strongest unit that I saw coming up. And that was with my grandparents. My parents were married. On, they were separated on and off along the way. So I didn't necessarily use their marriage as the standard. Uh, but they they stayed married until my, my mother uh, passed away. When, when my father asked my mother to marry him, um, he made a promise to her that he would never divorce her no matter what. And he never did. And I also recall my mother telling me, 
the one thing she regretted was not staying with my father when they started having issues in their marriage. Um, she started to involve people in her family and he started to involve people in his family. And she told me uh, before she passed away from um, lung cancer, because uh, it was just she and I, she said, you know, I, I, I wish I would have just stayed and worked it out. And I don't, you know, judge people when they have to get a divorce. I don't judge people when they have to stick it out. Um, that's between them and God. And for us, one of the things that I was talking about with author Cy Bryant, Sonia, is just for us, the people who are not a part of the marriage, just to mind our business. <laughs> that's all we can do is mind our business. So, okay. So you've had two failed marriages. What was your self-worth? How, how were you feeling as it relates to rejection? What were some of the emotions that you had to deal with at that time? I don't think I ever suffered with rejection, maybe a tad bit of anger. I think that I am a person that's resilient and that I move on pretty easily. So if somebody would say, like, what's your superpower? What is that I get over stuff and I'm pretty resilient? I was a little angry now. You know, I was a little angry because you wasted my time. So, so you I, were like disappointed, like, oh my goodness, this is just like, so oh, I wasted, yeah, like, oh, I wasted my time. Now I had a couple of bouts when I was like, if I go run, run him over, would that be okay? <laughs> but I, I had to get my mind right. You know what I'm saying? I did have a couple of those moments, uh, especially one time he wanted to get back with me, which I knew I was not going to get back with him. So he asked me on a date, but you hadn't even bought diapers or milk or anything, right? He hadn't sent anything to your daughter, but I went yeah. with an alter, uh, uh, ulterior motive of making sure that I ran his bill up real good. Mm. I get in the car and he playing, be get your mind right. I was like, oh, it's that type of day. <laughs> I was supposed to get my mind right. So I did. I got my mind right. I went to the movies. I went out to eat. I just ordered up everything I could. <laughs> wow. Wow. I tell you. Wow. So you moved on and you didn't really, you weren't necessarily impacted with feelings of rejection because you're resilient. So that's a lesson learned. To remain resilient, get your snap back. Don't sit around dwelling in regret, but get your snap back. You know, pray, work out, focus on being the best you that you can possibly be. So as you're doing that, as you're moving forward, what's next? Next is um, I met my husband. Believe it or not, I met him through Hurricane. Um, which one? Not Katrina, the one right after Rita. Hurricane Rita, right after Katrina. He would he was down the street at my neighbor's house and um I knew his cousin and his cousin was like, You need to meet my cousin. I'm like, please. Girl, I was outside in my bathrobe looking crazy. That's that's the first thing. I was waiting on somebody to drop my daughter off. So I'm looking crazy in this big heavy thick robe because they said, We down the street and I was like, I don't see you and they was like, I gotta try to find the house. So I'm trying to wave and here they come down the street. You need to meet my cousin. I'm like, What? looking crazy and I don't want to meet your cousin the other person was and uh, we ended up going to church to see why I need to bind him I was like you want to go to church see why we need to bind him since you just you know out down here I, I, I invited him over because I was having a house party and I was like you can come I'm having a little house party um, and so he came to the little house party ate some enchiladas it seemed like almost every day after that he was going to go somewhere so 
he was in town so long, he didn't know what anything was. And so he was like, oh, I'll get that. I'll buy, just take me and I'll do everything else if you just show me where to go eat or show me where to do this or show me how to have fun. And I was like, hey, I like having fun, so let's do it. <laughs> Never thinking that was gonna be, I was not trying to date anybody. I didn't want to get married again. It was just happened that fast, right? Because I still had a little baby. So a newborn, I still had a little bitty baby. Uh, because that, and so everything just happened really quickly. We uh, ended up getting married really quickly. He actually stayed, like I said, down here in Beaumont at the time. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in Dallas, Fort Worth area at the time. And so he would come back and forth once he had to go home. Almost every weekend he was back and forth. And so I was like, oh, then finally he was like, just get rid of all this. Let me take care of you and move. I was like, hey. wow. I was mm. like, yeah, that's that sounds kind of good. But he was taking me on trips and stuff. He had a whole lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, he was fun. He's he was not what I was used to, but he was fun in his own way, right? Mm. But I could tell he was trustworthy. I could tell he loved God. I could tell you know I just really just knew, like, and right. so now we've been together. Let me see, Lauren is look. I've got to figure out about fifteen years now. First, with my first marriage, I had my son. Mm. Uh, Alfred, so he's grown now, and I have two grandkids, Ava and AJ, who are two. And uh, then I had with my second marriage, I had Lauren, and she is uh, 16. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and what are some tools that you think people can use to help them get through divorce um, and to, to look forward to love? Because you found love on the third try. And y'all are still together going strong. And not only did you find love, this man has helped you through a life crisis. Yeah. Put it this way. We've raised my daughter together. My son, when we, he, we got together, he was in middle school. So we've raised him, got him graduated and with a master's degree. Uh, right. We've been through cancer together. You know, I've had... Uh, I had some kind of like esophageal surgery. So we've been through a couple, a lot of things together. So yes. Wow. Mm, yeah. So as you're with Mr. Sam and you all are raising your children, beautiful children that God blessed you with, um, because, you know, children are a gift, even when relationships end, even when marriages end, which speaks to the episode we had uh, just this past week about fatherless children And with you, you didn't, how long were you a single parent, uh, Sonia? With my son, I was a single parent for a while Okay. uh, because he was in middle school when we got together. Uh, But with my daughter, I was only a single parent, not, not even a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So with that being said, Mr. Sam comes along. Now, do you and Mr. Sam have any children or it's just the two that you have from your previous relationships? We just have those two. Great. Awesome. Okay. So he's helping you. He's in love with you. Y'all are traveling. This is your friend. At what point did you experience the bankruptcy? Oh, that was way, probably almost 20 years ago. Okay. Bankruptcy. Now that right there, you know the the uh, gospel song when you say they say you see great big red letters. <laughs> that's what it felt like. It's not really that bad, but that's what it felt like. And um, mm-hmm. it was really for taxes. So it wasn't. It was like the amount of taxes I would have to I would have had to come up with at one time mm-hmm. um, was 
I just couldn't come up with it at one time. So it was technically for taxes, but then my house, I had so much equity in my house mm-hmm. um, that my friend's mom, she knew all about it. And she said, the only way you're going to be able to get through this is if you do bankruptcy, because they're going to come take your house. They're going to come for it because all that money is in that house. Oh, yes. I had, oh, yes. I had 60, almost $70,000, you know, and it was like, the house is nice. They're going to come forward because. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So she was like, just file bankruptcy. So that's really what it was about. And it was really just the whole thing of having to file bankruptcy, you know, like, mm-hmm. it just yeah, felt some kind of way. So it's not that they really could. It just felt some kind of way that I had to file. Right. And it was you, you filed Chapter 7? Mm-hmm. I'm asking. OK. Yeah. And we're going to have a um, financial expert on on the podcast soon to, to speak to financial battles and barriers that people have to face. So whether you're in a marriage, coming out of a, a divorce, um, whether you're a single parent trying to make ends meet, we all have these cycles in life where we're up or down. And you have to understand what tools and resources are available to you to help get you through these difficult times so that you don't fall into depression, so that you don't give up hope, so that you have the understanding that not only will you get through, but you will flourish on the other side of pain. You will flourish on the other side of any offsets that are happening in your life. So you made it through the bankruptcy, which was prior to meeting Mr. Sam. You and Mr. Sam are just in love. Your relationship is thriving. You have a wonderful life. Uh, At the time, you were an educator as well as a small business owner. And then you were hit with the news. Can you share with us what that experience was like being told that you had cancer? Well, it was at the time when, first of all, my business, I felt like it was taking off. It was flourishing. People were asking me to speak. I was actually getting to travel some and speak. So it was like an awesome time, you know? And then all of a sudden, I felt this lump, and it was a pretty big lump. And it was like, you can't, you got to go see what's going on. And I kind of knew, like you said, your intuition kicks in. So I kind of knew. I went to the doctor. And they said, oh, no, that's just, that's not cancer. That's just, you know. And I was like, okay. And I was like, but we need to, I think we need to go ahead and get it checked some more. They went ahead, sent me to another doctor who in turn said, well, no, I think it's, you know, I don't think it's cancer. That I mean, nobody really thought it was cancer, but they went ahead and did the, uh, and did the biopsy and everything. And sure enough, it was. Lord. Actually, it was, it was cancer. It was an extra large mass in my breast. And so it was like, oh my God, this is really happening to me. Uh, when I got to the, they got, they called me. The nurse said, I want to tell you this. I know it's uh, Friday, and I know we're about to close, but if you can come in now, I go ahead because I know you don't want to wait through the weekend. And I told the doctor, I know the doctor is not here, but I think we had a good enough relationship when we met to go ahead and you know talk to you myself. And so I knew then, you know, I didn't know how bad it was because I was thinking, okay, I probably have to take a pill or they go do, you know, just the surgery or something like that. So I never thought it would be chemo bad, right? Mm. And for a whole year, I went through chemo. I lost my hair. I mean, my nails turned black. I had just just all the classic things that you can have when you have cancer, right? The battle. My Um, Lord. Mm. Yeah. And so, but it was... It was good and it was bad, 
because one of the things I do, people say that I'm known for vision boardings and helping people with vision, right? But mine is different than everybody else's. And so I'm known as the glam coach. But glam has nothing to do about how you look or anything like that. It's about your inside, right? That's that's what I teach people. That's what I was teaching people, right? And so I tell people, oh, that sounds good. You know what I'm saying? Until things start falling apart. And you have to keep it together because that's what you taught people. And so I tell people, your test sometimes can be your testimony. And so everybody wanted to know, like, did you lose your hair? Like, how you look? Like, this, that, and the other. And I really went back to everything. With my vision boarding, we use words, right? And we, we use positive affirmations. We use scriptures and things like that to build you up, right? And it's to build up in case something happens. Like, everybody is going to have a storm. Your storm might not be my storm, right? Somebody's is divorce. Somebody's is sickness. Somebody's is their mindset. So everybody has something that they'll go through in their lifetime, but you have to build yourself up before the storm comes. And so I tell people, it's just like they tell us here in Houston, where I stay now. In Houston, they let us know, prepare before the storm, right? Make sure everything is ready before the storm. We don't start when the hurricane is here to prepare for it. We start before, right? And I had already been prepared and prepped before the storm happened. And so people were like, you shouldn't be working right now. You shouldn't have your business. Don't just let it go right now and just focus on you. But I was like, but I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? I had my, I had my initial about a 15 minute cry breakdown or whatever. And I had to tell myself, it's okay. You're going to make it through this. And not that I didn't have times where I hurt so bad that I was crying. Yes, I had those kind of times, but I had to keep encouraging myself and building myself up. Just like I told other people and taught other people to do for years. And so everything and all my vision boarding systems that I have in my business now and things that I teach business owners now have come to where it's like, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Though I've been through divorce and things like that. Yes, I've been sick before, but not this kind. You see what I'm saying? And so everything that I teach people, I've been through so many challenges, right? To where if it happened pretty much, I got you. (laughs) And so I can tell you that you can overcome. You can be an overcomer, right? And uh, even though it was sometimes, I'd be like, what if I don't make it? I had to go back and tell myself you don't make it, right? And so I think that uh, my journey encouraged other people. Like, I had to just say, okay, well, I might not wear this, but that's okay. I can just rock a ball head. It's going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? That's what wigs are for. I want to put a wig on. I can throw that on. Like, it's all going to be okay. We're in a time now with bow heads. People wear them all the time. They wore them for a fashion look. And I had some people tell me, oh, I just thought you had the bow head because it just was what you wanted to do. <laughs> so it ended up being okay. Wow. You know, I and I appreciate you, you know, sharing your your story in an authentic manner and how you use your business to not just pour into other people and to help build them up. But you actually had to practice what it is that you had preached through vision. You know, um, I've participated in uh, vision boards, um, events, and um, that's something that. You know, we also are in the process of working on myself and, and author Cy Bryant for some of the, uh, the students we'll be working with. One of the things that we've come to realize about vision is something that you have the ability to see beyond sight. 
Mm-hmm. So people have to have that intuition. They have to have drive, passion in order to be able to fuel a vision. Um, for, for, for many people, the visions that they get come from God mm-hmm. and it's supernatural. It isn't something that you can just wake up and say, hmm, I want to have vision today. Uh, there's a scripture in, in, in the Bible that teaches us without a vision, the people perish. You need to know what your vision is and you want to write it down and make it plain because if you don't, then what good is it to you? Because there are specific steps that you will need to take in order to accomplish the vision. Uh, Another aspect of vision that people don't realize is that whenever you are given a vision, it's not just about you as Mm -hmm. an individual. The vision is given to you because it's going to impact multitudes. Right. Okay? There's something called multiplication that, that happens. There's a multiplication factor that comes into play when vision is in arm's reach because a vision doesn't just cover a person. It may begin with a person, but a vision is something that covers several people. Mm-hmm. A vision is something that impacts a community. A vision is something that impacts a group of people. So as we are, you know, closing and just provide people with information on how to remain calm, how to grow into their best self in spite of having cancer, what we have come to realize from the lessons that you learned that I'm hearing you speak on is that you didn't give up. You kept your faith. And in spite of being diagnosed with cancer, you stayed upbeat and you were consistent with pushing yourself in a direction that you felt would help to keep you out of a dark pit. I know for myself, uh, my sister, unfortunately, she she's had chemo and you know different things that she's had to have. And when I tell you she is a go-getter, Honey, she's getting some things done um, that she had planned to do years ago. I don't want to speak on what those things are, but the point is she's having those things done now. And she is serious about having the best quality life as possible. She is serious about um, just staying upbeat and not allowing cancer to bring her down. So it's very important for people who are diagnosed with cancer. I know for myself, what I would say as a co-survivor, because your husband was a co-survivor. And a lot of times we don't speak to the people around the cancer survivors. Uh, We don't speak to their pain. We don't speak to, you know, their devastation because it's very devastating to know that you're possibly going to lose someone that you love, possibly going to to lose a part of yourself because we as human beings, when we love, we're connected beyond just sight. You know, there's a, there's a spiritual connection um, and, and there's an ongoing connection even beyond death because we never forget through our memories who the people were who have impacted our lives. So as it relates to your husband being a co-survivor, um, I would say for people who are going through uh, different 
bouts of cancer, whether you're in remission, whether you're in the beginning stages, whatever it is, to make sure that your co-survivor, your husband, your wife, your sister, whoever, your children, you know, whoever those people are around you, that they get some some counseling or in a support group or they connect with um, author Cy Bryant um, because his book, Co-Survivor, speaks to uh, th- this particular process and how it impacts, you know, the family and the co-survivors. Um, so I hope that helped to educate some people today as it relates to being a co-survivor. So what are some some principles and some steps that you think people could take to ensure that they stay focused and that they remain calm and work through their battle with cancer? Uh, try to keep everything kind of like it was, right? Um, you cannot drop everything because of a diagnosis. I was in groups with people, and I think one of my biggest things that I helped people through were people would say, I just found out I was diagnosed with cancer, and so I'm going to stop everything. Like It's like the world just stopped. It did not just stop. A lot of people were not even hurting when they went, right? They just got a diagnosis. So the world does not stop because you have cancer, right? You keep going. You have to keep a winning mindset. You have to um, stay around winning people, people with winning mindsets, right? Uh, I, I have praying friends. I thank God for my praying friends. I have a praying family, right? So those old people, thank God for your prayer. I call them the prayer partners. Thank God for people who, that's what they do, right? They pray for people all the time. I love those kind of people. And you have to encourage yourself, right? Because others around you sometimes will fall apart. <laughs> I have a teenager and for her, it was devastating. To see my hair fall out was devastating. She needed therapy. I didn't need therapy. Right. I was OK. And so you have to try to keep yourself together, even if everybody around you is falling apart. But I always kept some people around me that were not falling apart. I have a mama that was like, look, you're going to make it through this. My daddy was like, look, we didn't come down here to see you die. So you might as well get over it. You know, so those people help you through the journey. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember your vision. Right. If you have not accomplished everything you have set out to do, then I believe that purpose can keep you alive. Your purpose, what God purposed you to do can keep you alive. And like you said earlier, uh, your vision has to be bigger than you. Like my my vision, especially now I help business owners, too, with their business. But as far as the vision part with the life coaching, not the business coaching, the, the life coaching part. I think it is really substantial with your vision. So I was, I'm was i able to help people now because they've seen my struggle. They've seen my journey. I didn't try to hide it. When I feel bad, I didn't try to hide it, right? I let people know. Uh, I was in the hospital a couple of times. Hey, it was a struggle. But prayer kept, uh, prayer kept me alive. God kept me alive. Being positive, I think having a positive mindset, really having a vision, having something that I was working toward. Right. Not just for me. This is something that if I was gone tomorrow. So uh, with vision, I believe that your vision should live on. If I was gone tomorrow, I have built over 100 products for people to help them with their vision in life and in business. Right. Products that are evergreen. If I go, they should be good years from now. Right. And so uh, I think you are building something for the future. You are building something greater than you for other people. If you are gone tomorrow, your vision should still be living on. And I think the part we miss is it says 
Uh, you need your vision to be so people can run with it. What drew you into becoming an educator? Um, first of all, I'm a creative. So what I teach is creative. Uh, I'm an art teacher. So what I teach is creative, but I come from a whole long line of educators, uh, principals. Matter of fact, my brother-in-law now, he's an admin. My sister is a counselor. She was a teacher. She's a counselor. Uh, so I come from a, my whole, my, let's see, my lineage is nurses, engineers, and um, nurses, engineers, and educators. Right. And so we love educating people. Now, I'm different. I'm a creative. So my sister was like, look, you're not going to like being in that average classroom. You need to go for something that's creative. So uh, I'm certified in cosmetology and I'm certified in art are my two areas of certification. So I am an instructor, cosmetology instructor also. Um, and everything I do is creative, like even the way I teach people, the way I coach people in business, the way I coach people in life is creative, the way I do it. And so um, I think that that I just creativity and education is that's the way I educate people is through create through creativity. Yeah. Cre creativity is a, a must have. I, I have spoken on um, Dialogue Houston with Larry Payne and and I made a, a, a side note to be specific to creativity, um, you, uh, towards creativity. You, you cannot take creativity out of the schools. You can't take it out of your goals. It needs to be incorporated in our vision because that's how we build. If you don't have creativity consistently, you're not going to build uh, in a unique way. Uh, just because people have been doing something the same way for years doesn't mean it has does not mean that it has to stay that way. Creativity helps us to transition. It also helps us to move forward beyond our imagination. So creativity is important. Now, when you um, as you were, you said you had a salon. Mm -hmm. Yes, I had the largest black owned salon in Fort Worth, Texas back in the day. Oh, wow. Well, that's interesting to know. And then after you, you moved past your uh, salon, that's when you went into teaching. No, I was a housewife for a while. And then um, so from the housewife journey, I went and I got my instructor's license. So oh, wow. you know, wasting time, just kind of going by. I met a lady. She taught me how to go back to college. So I went to college and graduated. So then I did a little bit of housewife thing again. And uh, finally, I got my job teaching. That's awesome. Well, it has been a joy sitting with you today, sharing with you some of the battles and the barriers that you had to face and listening to the things that you did to overcome. Because, you know, being an overcomer is not necessarily easy. Um, it, it takes for you to be creative and a visionary at times to overcome the battles that you face. But you got through it all. Your children made it on the other side. And we wish you all the luck and all the success with your glam coaching um, as an educator. And uh, we see you on social media. You know, you and I, we've been to the uh, presentation power events and those have been amazing with Jonathan, Jonathan Sprinkles. So just continue to stay out there, Sonia, and, you know, allow your light to shine and, 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 sh and sharing your story of positivity and impactfulness as it relates to cancer, because unfortunately, 
um, the women in our lives. Um, they are fighting this battle this month. And we have two amazing stories, one of which is with you, a small business owner and an educator. And uh, we look forward to sharing it with the community. Right. And remember, if anybody, I have a free gift for you guys on www.theglamcoach.com. It is a free workbook. You guys need to make sure you get that workbook, go through it. It is life changing. It's really quick. It probably take you about 15 minutes and it'll change your life forever. Wow. So in addition to the, the free gift, um, and that's for you guys. So make sure you go out there and get it. Can you just tell them a little bit about the free gift and also where they can follow you at on social media? Because you do share a lot of affirmations as it relates to breast cancer, um, as well as just in life in general to, to help encourage and inspire people. Yes. So make sure you get your freebie. That workbook, like I said, it's life changing. It has steps in there for you to just write it out. Some, it's something about putting that pen to paper and writing things out and really giving it a deep dive and thinking about your life that can really make you change and shift everything. Also, if you have Apple products, you can go to Lunch Your Vision. Lunch Your Vision on Apple iTunes is free. 21 days to change your life. It is amazing. I have some amazing affirmations and things on there. Uh, Facebook, follow me on Sonia Pelton Sam. I'm on Instagram at S Pelton Sam. So make sure you guys follow me there. Um, Vision Board Boutique is on Instagram. Also, I have awesome things there and I have a Facebook group for you guys. Right now it is Vision Board 365. So if you guys want to go to Vision Board 365, Go join that Facebook group. It is totally amazing. And it's for life and business. So you guys definitely want to go check that out. Awesome. Thank you, Sonia. I'm so glad that you were here with me today. Thank you. Also, I'm, I am so excited that I got to come in and have this conversation. I think that great conversations rule the nation. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's old school. But no, great conversations and great topics really can help shift one just if it just impacts one or two people and shift their life forever, it was worth the time. Trust me. <laughs> hey, yes, ma'am. So we'll be in touch and we'll see you in the community. Thank you. All right.